Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. Today's show is probably going to go down in history as one of the most important shows ever published on this podcast. Now, that sounds like a bold statement, but the more I look at our global financial system and our global monetary system, I'm convinced there are so many time bombs out there, another financial crisis is inevitable. The only thing I can't tell you is which pin will actually pop the balloon. On today's show, we're talking about the Fed, the all-powerful Fed, and how they're actually a minor player in the global financial system. In fact, the Fed is so far behind what's happening in the financial world that they're relegated to the role of janitor cleaning up the mess. When you're in the grocery store and you hear the announcement calling for a cleanup in aisle four, that's the Fed. The jar of pickles has already smashed and the only thing left to do is clean up the mess. Last week, we reported on a story that came to light in the quarterly report of the Bank of International Settlements. If you remember, the Bank of International Settlements reported $97 trillion in off-balance sheet foreign exchange, currency exchange, and forward derivatives. Because these are derivatives, they represent a contingent liability that theoretically has a low probability of triggering. According to GAAP rules, generally accepted accounting principles, low probability contingent liabilities are not to be disclosed in the financial statements on the balance sheet. We did experience problems in 2007 and 2008 with another bunch of derivatives that were similarly off-balance sheet. We're going to look at these off-balance sheet practices because just like 2007 and just like Enron, these practices can be used to hide liabilities. Sometimes the obfuscation is legitimate, and in other cases like Enron, it's outright fraud. Then there's a whole bunch that are in the gray zone in the middle. And I'm going to go out on a limb and state categorically that the next financial time bomb to go off will come from an off-balance sheet derivative exploding. In order to understand this, we need to go back and look at 2007 to see exactly what happened. Understand, we're merely looking at a few of the balloons that popped which then precipitated a cascade of dominoes as a result of the counterparty risk. And all of those conditions still exist today, but on a larger scale. To understand this, we need to go back to basics and understand the elements of a financial statement. There's four elements. On the income statement, you have income and expense. Income is good, expenses are bad, and you want to maximize profits. So higher income and lower expenses, the greater the profit. On the balance sheet, assets are good and liabilities are bad. The more assets you have, the better, and the fewer liabilities you have, the better your balance sheet looks to the casual observer. Because assets are better than liabilities, companies want to have more assets and fewer liabilities. They will want to place those obligations into off-balance sheet entities. A parent company can set up a subsidiary and spin it off by selling a controlling interest, or perhaps even the entire company, to investors. That sale would generate profits to the parent while transferring the potential risk of the new business failing to investors. And once this transaction is completed, the subsidiary no longer appears on the parent company's balance sheet. Under consolidation rules, you can hold up to 19.9% and still not consolidate those financials on your own income statement. A complex and confusing array of investment vehicles were created starting in 1997 until their spectacular explosion in 2007. And these included collateralized debt obligations, subprime mortgage securities, and credit default swaps. They were all used to remove debt from corporate balance sheets. The parent company lists proceeds from the sale of these items as assets, but it does not list the financial obligations that come with them as liabilities. For example, consider loans made by a bank. And when they're issued, loans are typically kept on the bank's balance sheet as an asset. If those loans are securitized and sold off as investments, 
the securitized debt for which the bank is liable is no longer kept on the bank's books. The Enron scandal was the first development to bring the use of these off-balance sheet entities into the public eye. In Enron's case, the company would build an asset like a power plant and immediately claim the projected profit on its books, even though it hadn't made a dime from it. If the revenue from the power plant was less than the projected amount, instead of taking a loss, the company would transfer these assets to an off-the-books corporation, where the loss would go unreported. The entire banking industry participated in exactly the same practice, through the use of credit default swaps. The practice was so common that even after J.P. Morgan introduced the credit default swap in 1997, it grew to an estimated $45 trillion business. That's more than twice the size of the U.S. stock market, and that's just the beginning. The credit default swap market would later be reported to be worth in excess of $60 trillion. Remember, all of this was happening off balance sheet, and $60 trillion is a lot of money. Only a small number of these financial time bombs actually went off in the wake of the great financial crisis. Today, U.S. dollar-denominated FX swaps, there are $85 trillion in off-balance sheet debt obligations. These are FX swaps, currency swaps, and forwards that have the U.S. dollar on one side of the trade. And just like the collateralized debt obligation and credit default swaps of 2007, only a small percentage of these transactions are likely to go bad. The Fed bailout of 2008 was a mere $750 billion. Shocking as that number was at the time, we look back on it as chump change. Today, we have the U.S. dollar appreciating 15% against many of the world's currencies. That represents a risk of $12.5 trillion of the total $85 trillion in FX swaps that could be at risk when they become due next year. That's large enough a number to precipitate an international collapse. But the Fed looks inward, and as Ben Bernanke famously said in 2008, the problems outside the U.S. were of no concern to the Fed, even if the problems were denominated in U.S. dollars. And even Jay Powell has talked about how the Fed lacks the tools to solve international problems. So on today's show, I'm going to go on record and say that the next crisis will be a pin popping a balloon that was off balance sheet. Attention shoppers, can we please have a janitor with a mop to clean up in aisle four? As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.